<laughs> well, aren't you a cheeky one? You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Merry Christmas morning! If you are celebrating the Christmas holiday and listening live, I am presently at my parents' house, the same house they brought me home from the hospital to. So I love my parents' house. It is the only place that I have ever known home and being at my parents' house at Christmas is one of my happiest places. There's a place in one of the first pages of the Elegant Excellence Journal that uh, talks about things that bring you joy. And one of the things that I wrote down there when we were filming the commercial for uh, the journal, and I was just naturally organically filling it out, one of mine was Christmas morning at my parents' house. I just absolutely love being here. And I brought Jeremy for the first time two years ago. So this is his second Christmas with my family. And the first year, he he tells people often that the main difference he realized in our families is that we have enough presents to like take care of a small village. Like We do so many presents in my house. Not necessarily big, expensive presents. I think it's really interesting when you get married, you realize how different things that seemed normal to you are different in someone else's family. So I know there's some families that do like you know, maybe you get a TV or like big electronics or something like that. We do a lot of smaller gifts, but we have a very small family. It was only my parents and my sister and I. We have a small extended family. They lived far away. We rarely had those like big bustling holidays. So that was kind of the main thing we did, I think, growing up was opening presents. So even if they were small or homemade or low price point, we just had lots of things that we unwrapped. My mom wraps everything that goes in our stockings. There was just a lot of time spent unwrapping. And Jeremy, as you may have heard me mention, he's one of eight. He was homeschooled. Um, I mean, they just didn't have a lot of money to go around um, with, you know, his mom staying home to homeschool them. And so they, their Christmas would be like, hey, guys, we have a new family present. It's a washing machine. They'd be like, yay, we have a washing machine. So anyways, we have reined it in this year. We decided to do a gift swap. Like instead of buying for everyone, we were all kind of assigned someone. Um, so I have a feeling there are still going to be um, a lot of presents. But nonetheless, I am giving my parents, for example, some um, just some framed photos from our wedding. If you missed that uh, last week, I will link it below. But in 2018, we eloped to France. And then uh, this year in 2019, we had our family wedding in Cartagena. And I just shared photos from that last week. So uh, this is our first holiday to be able to gift family, um, you know, framed photos from that and things like that and have them put photos on their Christmas cards and all of that. So it's a fun first fully married Christmas to be celebrating at home. So I know so many of you are using your Elegant Excellence journals over the holidays as I am myself. You have been tagging me in your Instagram posts and your Instagram stories and I'm absolutely loving seeing you guys with your Christmas trees and your hot chocolate and your mugs of coffee and all of that taking time now to prepare for January and your new year. If you do not have that yet, we have a special promotion starting today for Christmas at elegantexcellencejournal.com. You can swipe up and find the link that link below, but it is not too late for you to get that in your hands and take that time to start thinking about the goals that we're setting this time of year. And this is such a common theme for so many of us is that we start thinking about New Year's resolutions, or a lot of people will say they don't have New Year's resolutions, but 
there nonetheless is this mentality of this thing is going to be different this year or just this year is going to be different. I don't even know what it's going to be, but it's going to be different. And now I think a lot of us have new decade resolutions almost. There's an extra energy this year of we are entering a new decade and what do we want to happen in the 20s in our lives? So with knowing we're in a new decade, I've been just feeling that energy myself. A lot of times I don't have a big shift in energy to a new year. This year, I am really in that headspace. Like as wonderful as this year has been from, you know, what you've been able to see of our incredible wedding in Cartagena and our magical new apartment on the water here in New York City, there certainly have been incredibly just magnificent blessings of this year. But it has also been an incredibly hard year behind the scenes, and it's actually been an incredibly hard two years. And so I am, and I tend to see my life in like two or three year seasons often when I look back. And I just feel that that I and Jeremy as a couple, we are on the cusp of a new three year season. So I am ready for 2020 and what is coming ahead. But I've really been thinking in that vision for myself, as well as coming out with the tangible Elegant Excellence Journal for the first time and having spent all fall creating that for you and really thinking through, how do I help myself and you do this better, have less overwhelm, achieve our goals, be more of an essentialist, choose less but better, actually you know, move the ball down the field of life, so to speak. I was thinking, why are we so bad at keeping these resolutions and reaching our goals. And I am not the poster child, the cheerleader for, you know, just just do this, fill in the blank. Like, as you know, as a listener to the podcast, I have very few teachings that seem like, oh, it's just a quick, easy three-step process. And there's a lot of people that teach from that perspective, and that is wonderful. But I... I'm a little bit more of a problem child in my head. I'm a little bit more like, well, I don't know, though. I don't know if that's worked for me. And I mean, that sounds nice, but it, you know, it just hasn't been that easy. And and I know that, but why can't I actually do it? And so I've really been thinking, yes, there is so much. You can Google a ton of articles on how to make your resolution stick and, and why you don't. But obviously, there is a lot of wisdom for us to uncover in that. Because it must be complex if this many people struggle with it this deeply, this frequently. If you can find so many articles and so many statistics about how we're going to declare on January 1, what is it we want? And I don't remember the stats, but it's like, you know, a paltry three weeks later. Most of us have already, you know, stopped doing all of these things and already, quote unquote, failed or forgotten or moved on or whatnot. So what what perspective could we bring to that that isn't so, okay, I'm just going to organize the ish out of my life and I'm going to do these 12 things perfectly on January 1. I've been sort of pondering, okay, we do have more accountability and structure with the Elegant Excellence Journal, but are there also energy shifts? Are there also fresh ways of thinking about things that to me feel more elegant, which is nothing against the science of you know habits and making things happen. That's amazing. But that's just not where I organically come from is like the, you know, type A taskmaster, like just do this, this, and this. I'm a little bit more about story and gut and feeling and emotion and thinking, how could I be more elegant to be more excellent in these goals in the new year? So I started doing some research on the science of happiness over the last month. And I came across one TED Talk in particular. I'll link it below. It was 12 minutes. It was a quick listen. But it really spoke to me. And 
I'm simultaneously I was reading Atomic Habits, a really popular book um, of the last year or two, and I'm only halfway through. It's good. I'm listening to it on audiobook. I can't recommend it yet to be like, oh, it changes everything. But yes, the basis of we have cue, routine, reward. That goes back to a book I read 10 years ago by Charles Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. This author references that. I reference that inside style and styleability. We know that there is this cue, routine, reward. Okay, so so I know logically what I should do to January 1 suddenly become someone who works out because despite my enthusiasm, gosh darn it, when I launched this podcast and I was like, guys, I'm going to Pilates twice a week. I'm making it happen. I'm a podcaster and a Pilates. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. The podcast stuck, thankfully, but the Pilates not so much. So for me, my big thing in life is is struggling with working out. And I think we all have one that we keep coming back to and we wish that we were better at. So what am I going to do all of a sudden? Can I find the cue and the routine and the reward? And yes, I am processing all of that. And that is great. And we should all be doing that. But I also heard this TED Talk and it had me thinking about things a little differently and that energy that I was looking for. It's the longest running study on happiness. It's a study that's been going for 75 years, meaning they've been studying the same group of men for 75 years at Harvard. And they started out studying students at Harvard that had uh, just come back from the war and a group of young boys who lived in the tenements of Boston, just like the poorest uh, areas in that neighborhood. And they've checked in with them every two years throughout their life, and some of them are still alive today. And they found that whether they made more money or lost the money or had illness, one of them was a president of the United States, many remained blue-collar workers, that ultimately the psychiatrist who is now in charge of the study, he's just the third person to be leading the study throughout the whole lifetime of it, who does the TED Talk, says that the one constant that determined their level of happiness was relationships. If they had people in their life that they felt that they could trust, if there was loyalty, if there was closeness and kinship, they didn't have to be completely smooth and stress-free. You might have a couple that bickered quite a lot, but nonetheless ultimately believed that they had the love, support, respect, that person was going to be there for them, which we know, right? Like it's not earth-shattering news that no one's ever said relationships are one of the most important things in life. Relationships are ultimately what make us happy. And yet, I invite you to join me as you do your Elegant Excellence Journal and all of the incredible exercises that you go through in this first section of it called The Portrait, where you're really trying to get clear on what brings you joy and who you are, where you've been and where you're going. And then as you move into the path and the priorities, as you're really setting out, what do I want to accomplish in the next year, six months, three months? Let me walk my way backwards. What does that look like this month, this week, today? I invite you as you're doing that to think about how the goals you're setting and the vision you're casting ties into relationships. And again, it's not too late too late to get your journal to plan your 2020 and your new year. You can swipe up to get that. And I'm even hosting another round of live workshops on designing your life or designing your business in early January for new journal owners who join us over the holidays so you won't have missed out on anything. So you can even save your seat for that uh, if you want to at a uh, link below. And you can come whether you have the journal or not. But I 
have realized as I'm thinking about my goals in the new year that a lot of them for me do underlyingly come back to relationships. I have shared that I've really become aware this fall how my work stress takes a toll on Jeremy. And therefore, it is a major motivator, major motivator, a major motivator for me in freeing up my time and working on the infrastructure of my business and getting the the right seats filled on my team. There are some very acute pain points in my business, my career, my work. But my real why motivating factor is that when I am working nights and weekends and stressed out and overwhelmed and frustrated, I'm bringing that energy to him and it's just creating this heaviness for him and it's making the energy be all about me. It's kind of like I'm sucking all the oxygen out of the room. And I just want there to be more joy and lightness in in our life. And I can see that work is affecting that. I also know that my mindset takes a toll on him, that that was a major motivator for me in hiring an executive coach heading into the new year, you know, in the same way that we um, launched our Elegant Excellence Mastermind for 2020, saying, I know that mindset is so key for all of us, especially for entrepreneurs, people who are in in stressful work positions, um, even parents that are in relationships, um, for everyone to know that we our mindset affects the people around us and therefore have we put ourselves into an environment to get help with that whether that is going to therapy or listening to podcasts or hiring a coach or joining a mastermind um it's a reason for me to fight even more so to fulfill my purpose in 2020 because a lot of my angst and frustration can come around this is what i feel like i'm supposed to be doing and i'm still not doing it And yes, that is fulfilling to me, and those are life and purpose goals that I want to accomplish. But as a newlywed, I also can see how that affects Jeremy, and that is an even more powerful powerful motivator than it was when I was single, and it was just about me. I also can see how lack of time this fall, because I had too much going on, the journal, as I've shared, was a 10 times more complex project than I realized And I sort of thought, oh, I have the basic framework for this journal. And then just every page I would create, I'd be like, wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. And so I just kept going deeper and deeper in the content that I created for us. And that meant that there really wasn't time for friendships, that that getting so underwater in my work meant I have less bandwidth to reach out. I'm behind on texts, that having that pace of work keeps me from being able to make the appointments and go to the places where I know that we could create more community. And that's something that I desire as an individual. It's something that we desire as a couple. Now, I find that almost every goal I can I find on my list can come back to, well, ultimately, it's about relationships. You know, if I am um, having more financial success in my business, my real why for that truly is having more peace for my family, more freedom for my family, whether that means we have children someday and are able to provide for them or we have you know pseudo adopted children someday or being able to take care of my parents if they age uh learning french something i've talked about this year as a life goal that to me goes into our lifestyle as a couple being able to travel with friends as you saw we you know had a an elopement with six friends in france and the following year we had a 50 person wedding in cartagena for me that the those were about 
relationships. That was about spending time and memories and adventures with people. So learning French says that we can we can travel more. We'll spend more extended time over there. We'll be able to have friends and family that travel with us and it'll feel so easy for them. I know it at both of our weddings, um, our friend Ramiro speaks six languages, no big deal. And he was at both of our weddings. And there were so many times that it was like, oh, great, Ramiro, can you just translate for us in French and and get us a deal to get into this beach club? And oh, could you just t- translate this menu for these guests over here in Spanish since you speak that as well? So that truly, he is a blessing to the people he's around. He makes it an easier, more joyful experience for them to travel. So I don't know that it makes it easier to narrow our goals when we look at it through that lens. I don't know that you're going to look at your list of your goals for 2020 and say, oh, now that I think about it in terms of relationships, I realize that some of these aren't going to matter in the long run or some of these are superficial. I think ultimately a lot of our goals do go back to that, but I wonder if it helps us to shift into the deeper why. If our weight, for example, is tied to not putting ourselves out there in dating or not being intimate with our partner. Um, I had a friend that wanted to be debt-free before she met someone romantically. That could help you stay more focused, possibly, if you feel like it's not only for me. It's that I want to have this energy going into a relationship, going into a marriage. They also could ultimately be unrelated. Maybe it doesn't motivate you anymore. Um, but but just processing, I don't know, would there be a a reason why focusing this year on getting out of debt is ultimately about relationships and that fast forwarding, you know, at the end of a year or at the end of 10 years or the end of 50 years, am I going to have deeper relationships because I prioritized this goal over something else? Because of course, that's ultimately what it comes down to. I use the word essentialism a lot, which is ultimately choosing to do less but better. It is the disciplined pursuit of less but better. And it is the idea that we have so many good things that we could choose from these days, but when we try to choose all of them, we ultimately don't achieve any of them. Or we achieve all of them at a medium, mediocre level that isn't very fulfilling to us. In the same way, if you had a lot of mid-level relationships, it is not as impactful to your health and happiness as having just a few quality relationships. So what is the time that we're spending on all of these other goals? And could we reallocate that to our relationships or to the goals that help move forward our relationships? Another friend has a career goal. And I don't know how it would bless or prioritize her relationships. You know, the stress and distraction from going after that could take her away from those. Uh, Maybe she sees friends less or has less time for dating or puts more pressure when she does start dating someone because she's like, I don't have a lot of time, so this better work out. Or it could not. You know, I don't I don't know that I'm not prescribing that it means that it's a poor goal if it doesn't have a direct tie into relationships. I'm not saying that that has to be the answer. I just think it's a worthy conversation with yourself. If at the end of the day, relationships matter most for our health and happiness, if that's the number one key to happiness, even just this year, because I think a lot of us can picture when we're when we're older and we have listeners on this podcast who are in high school and we have listeners that are in their 60s and above. So we are all at different places in our lives. But I think we can think, oh, as as I get older, as I age, I hear stories then about how relationships matter. And therefore, it can feel much farther off. It can feel like, well, right now I can chase these other goals because I'll get to that later. 
But I wonder if we think about it as the number one key to our happiness this year, does it shift your goals? Does it make you want different things? Or maybe that same thing, but in a bit different way, a different emphasis or a different angle. Because I also know that the podcast I do on friendship is one of our most listened to, the one on how to be a good friend during grief. Like when we talk about relationships on this podcast, it resonates deeply because I think there is such loneliness. There is such pain from relationships. When I offer my Elegant Excellence Mastermind to fellow entrepreneurs, a huge reason that they join us is because there is such disconnection. There is such loneliness. There is such wise awareness that if you had friendship, relationship, connection, empathy, it would increase your mental health, your physical health, your happiness, and allow you to be thriving in your business and life even more. So today on Christmas, we may be focused on tangible things that can be wrapped and put a bow on and tucked underneath the tree. And a week from today on January 1, we may be focused on accomplishments, what we can do and who we can become and what we can achieve. But maybe Mariah Carey had it right all this time. And all we really want for Christmas or our new year, our best, happiest version of ourselves, is you, or rather that someone in your life that is you. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately, as in like 30 minutes ago, is my mom's infamous Christmas morning coffee cake. Now, She does not give out the recipe to this Christmas morning coffee cake. Otherwise, I would link it for you below. It's just handwritten on like a note card in her kitchen somewhere. But she only allows us to make it once a year. And I do not cook, if you are unfamiliar. There are basically two things I cook. And it's mom's uh, sweet potato casserole recipe for Thanksgiving and her Christmas coffee cake. But both of these things, when I have cooked them, have had people raving and asking me for the recipe, which says quite a lot, again, as someone who does not cook. Many years ago, when I did the Radio City Rockettes, um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my boyfriend at the time had come down to visit me for my birthday, and we were going to spend Christmas morning together, and then he was going to fly off to be with his family for the second half of the day. And on Christmas Eve, my stomach really started to hurt. I think we'd gone to a Christmas Eve service and I was just feeling weird and uncomfortable and then I like couldn't sleep. I was so uncomfortable. We finally, he finally called down to the uh, the hotel where the Rockettes were staying and we asked for uh, if there was a doctor on call. So we called the doctor and he's, oh, and he also had called my parents and was like, they were in London at the time. He's like, so I don't mean to alarm you, but Hillary's in a lot of pain. And my mom was like, maybe it's gas pains. Like, I think you should go to the hospital and get it checked out. And I was like, I am not ruining Christmas morning for gas pains. Like, but then we get the doctor on the phone and I'm in so much pain. I can't even talk to him. And he starts saying like spleen and gallbladder and these things. And so uh, this this boyfriend, Ron, and I look at each other like, okay, maybe this is more serious. So we go to the hospital and I'm just like writhing around on the bed. The hospital is empty, by the way, on Christmas morning. If there's if there's ever a convenient time to go to the hospital, in some ways it's really Christmas morning because no one who does not absolutely have to go wants to be at the hospital on Christmas morning. So we go, he's like pronating all around my stomach, you know, pushing on things. And then he gets to like this bottom corner and I like wince and he sort of smiles. like, Yes, I knew it was right. He was like, it's your appendix. So all of a sudden I'm having surgery to get my appendix out. It was the first surgery of my life. And 
when I come to from the surgery later and I'm like in my room and Ron is saying he's going to go like we're realizing we're going to be here for a few days. So he's like, I'm going to go back to the hotel. I'm going to get us some things. And I'm totally like out of my like anesthetized stupor. I'm like, put the coffee cake back in the freezer (laughs) because I had made my mom's coffee cake and we had set it out because like to, you know, um, be ready for the morning. And I did not want that coffee cake to go bad. I was not going to ruin that coffee cake just because I had a little minor surgery there. So then we spend a few days in the hospital. It, obviously, I'm not going to be able to finish out the season with the Rockettes. We only had like a week or two left of the show. So Ron and I ended up flying back to New York. He did not go to be with his family. It's very sweet. And so we're flying back to New York a few days later. I'm still having trouble walking. So I'm in a wheelchair as he's pushing me through the airport. And But guys, there was still coffee cake left. Oh, so every day in the hospital when they would bring me my tray of hospital food, I'd always, or, or even we were home and Ron was like saying, what do you want to eat? Things like that. I'd always be like, and a little piece of coffee cake. So I'm just like nibbling on this coffee cake for days after the surgery. But there's still more coffee cake left and I am not throwing that away. So I wrap it in tinfoil. I stick it in a baggie. I have it in my purse because I'm not going to check a precious treasure like this. So I'm eating a homemade snack out of tinfoil, out of a baggie, out of my purse while being pushed around in a wheelchair. I was basically like, this is what I'm going to be like at 85. Like, are you on board? Um, And we dated for a while after that. So I think he was fine with that. That's not ultimately the reason we broke up. But this is all to say that I hope you are having your own memories, big or small today and throughout this season, and that you are joining all of us in the new year as we choose more relationships and love, less hustle, and less overwhelm with your Elegant Excellence Journal and the live Design Your Life and Business Workshops, both of which are linked below. So I will see you back here next week on New Year's Day when I am back in home sweet Brooklyn. But for today, from sunny California and lots of niece and nephew snuggles, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from Jeremy, myself, and all of us here at Team Dean. We are very grateful for you. I don't think that's all I want for Christmas. You, baby. Unless it's weird that I called you baby. So we'll just, I don't really know anything else that rhymes with that. Call me maybe, but that doesn't really work. So you, there you go, guys. That was my Christmas gift to you. (laughs) Till next Wednesday. 